The evolution of Slavic mythology and religion began thousands of years ago, reportedly sometime during the Neolithic or the Mesolithic period. It was throughout the later stages of communal development, in the areas where the Slavic tribes started living in organized cultural life and thus met foreigners, the spirituality slowly abandoned its primitive form and anthropomorphized the natural spirits into deities with supernatural powers. One of such deity was Perun, a divinity considered to be the supreme god of thunder and lightning, sometimes portrayed as the chief of the Slavic gods. Being regarded as the owner of the sky, god of war as well as thunder, Perun was believed to ride across the sky in an iron chariot pulled by enormous goats. He was first associated with weapons made of stone and later with those of metal, always armed with a spear as well as with a bow that he used to shoot arrows of thunder and lightning. He carried a battle axe known as the Axe of Perun which always returned to its owner's hand after it was thrown, quite a similar characteristic of what we have in Norse mythology with the mighty hammer of Thor, Mjolnir. As a liberator and a deity with the traits of a brave pagan warrior, Perun was presented as the patron deity of armies and thus the protector of soldiers because the god could bestow victory on those he favored. For this reason, when military or commercial treaties were concluded, it was by their naked swords and by Perun that the Russians swore to keep their word. And it was also by him that the Slavs swore their oaths of peace and war, believing that if they broke an oath to Perun, they would ultimately die by their own weapons. He was also praised as the god of agriculture, so cockerels, bulls and other farm animals were offered as votives to him and human sacrifices in his honor were also common. Very much an exclusive divinity, the rites related to Perun were performed by the royal prince and military leaders. However, the common populace did regard him as necessary to their everyday existence, for without his intervention every morning, darkness would hold the sun prisoner in a cell whose door was impregnable to everything but to Perun's lightning. Perun was especially honored during pre-Christian times at spring festivals where young maidens would dance in his honor. Over time, the rite was modified to become a ceremonial ring dance in which all the virgins of a village or a nomadic group would participate. Often compared to the Norse Thor and the Greek Zeus, the Slavic god of thunder went by many names depending on the region where he was known and venerated. Perun is strongly correlated with the near-identical Perkunas from Baltic mythology, with whom he shares common attributes and the origin of the name which came from the word Perk suggesting either a common derivative of the Proto-Indo-European thunder god whose original name has been reconstructed as Perquinos, or simply that one of these cultures borrowed the god of thunder from one another. In the modern Baltic languages, related words associated with the deity Perquinos have been preserved, but the Slavic god of thunder came to be known as Perun in Russia and within the Bohemian lands, while some say that his alternate name was Bog which is now a Slavic word for god. The Finnish people equally had a deity named Huko, who have similar functions and attributes with the Slavic and Baltic deities. Generally pictured as a strong man with silver hair, red beard and a golden mustache, Perun fought against demonic forces with bolts of lightning that were said to become Neolithic stone tools on earth. On other images, he is often represented as an ox or as a mighty oak while some other illustrations would depict him as an eagle sitting on top of a tree and his enemies curled around the roots of the same tree. Son of the goddess Lada and consort of the great mother Mokash, 
Perun had dominion over heaven as well as having absolute control over the weather as he could cause thunderstorms and sent lightning to strike down people who had offended him. Slavic people would often carry axe-shaped amulets to protect themselves from diseases and misfortunes, meanwhile thunder marks were engraved on rooftops and entries of houses as a symbol of Perun. His thunderbolts were equally considered to be a potent fertility symbol, because they were thought to awaken the earth in spring from its death-like winter sleep. The god of thunder and his cult among the Slavs is attested for the first time in the chronicles written by the Byzantine historian Procopius, in the 6th century. In these historical records, the scholar mentions Perun as the maker of lightning worshipped in oak groves by western Slavs, and also referred to him as the supreme god to whom cattle were sacrificed. Although the name of the god is not mentioned here explicitly, some research in the 20th century has established beyond doubt that the god of thunder and lightning in Slavic mythology is Perun, and to this day the word Perun in a number of Slavic languages means thunder or lightning bolt. In the Russian primary chronicle, Perun is mentioned as having been invoked in the 10th century's treaties and his name is the first in the list of gods from the Slavic pantheon. Even though the characterization of the pantheon differed between various Slavic tribes, Perun is generally perceived as the supreme god by the majority or perhaps by nearly all Slavs, at least towards the end of Slavic paganism. Many think that the earliest supreme god was probably Svarog, though it's precisely unclear how and why his worship as the head of the pantheon evolved into the worship of Perun. But when it comes to the historical development of Slavic mythology, folklorists believe that Perun superseded the god of the sun Svarog who was the supreme deity before him, as well as being his father. Only scraps of myth survived regarding Perun. But the primary myth about him however tells the story of creation in which he takes a stand against the god Veles as he entered into a battle with him. In Slavic mythology, much like in Norse and Baltic mythologies, the world was represented by a sacred tree usually an oak whose branches and trunk represent the living world, while its roots represented the underworld or the realm of the dead. Perun was the ruler of the living world, heavens, and earth, and was often symbolized by an eagle sitting on the top of the tallest branch of the sacred tree from which he kept watching over the entire world. Deep down in the roots of the tree was the place of his opponent, symbolized by a serpent or a dragon, this was Veles, the watery god of the underworld who continually provoked Perun by striving to climb up into the high and dry domain of humanity, stealing what belonged to the world above. The nature of what was stolen remained a little bit unclear. Though in some cases children, women and cattle are mentioned as to have been the major praise of the god. The thunder god pursued Veles around the earth, attacking him with his lightning bolts from heaven. Being known for his shape-shifting abilities, Veles fled from him by transforming himself into various animals and by hiding behind people, houses, and trees. So wherever a lightning bolt has struck, it was believed that this happened because Veles hid from Perun under or behind that particular place. In the end, Perun managed to chase him back down into his watery underworld, therefore restoring order which had been disrupted by his chaotic enemy. So ever since, Slavic people believed that any time a storm would appear, it was actually the thunder god's anger towards the god Veles or just his response to some injustice that had happened in the world down below. That's why it's believed that the cycle of battle, which is that of death and rebirth occurred every time before rainfall. In the broader sense, 
the battle between Velas and Perun is seen as a battle between chaos and order, the main mysterious phenomena in every mythology and the greatest motivation to create stories and narratives in all folklore alike. To the Slavs, the mythological symbolism of a supreme heavenly god who battles with his underworldly enemy through storms and thunder was extremely significant. The most obvious alteration of the myth surrounding Perun rose after the Christianization of the Slavic people around the 11th century. His cult was gradually transferred to Saint Elias also known as Elijah or the Holy Prophet Eli, because according to the Old Testament, Elias shared many of Perun's powers including the ability to call down rain and fire from heaven. And just like Perun, when Saint Elias wanted to punish his enemies he would use the power of lightning bolts. But in folk beliefs, Perun's life-stimulating and purifying functions are still performed by using his sacred attributes. Based on some theories, the myth of Perun was invented by the Vikings, though this theory has never been completely confirmed nor proved for lack of sufficient evidence. Some accounts reportedly stated that Prince Vladimir I, the ruler of Kievan Rus may have invented the Slavic pantheon by combining the tales of Greek and Norse mythologies. This theory was initially exposed between the 1930s and 1940s by some German anthropologists whose opinion was quite imperialistic, as they believed that Slavic people were not capable of developing a complex religious system beyond what was then known as animism, and they certainly couldn't create one without the assistance of a superior power. Therefore upon his arrival, Vladimir erected statues of five pagan divinities which he soon discarded after his Christianization, and Perun was the chief among these gods. However, some historians claim that the statue of the Slavic god of thunder was there decades before Prince Vladimir the Great. Meanwhile other accounts continue to examine this riddle, arguing around the idea that Perun was possibly invented in Kievan Rus in the 10th century. But with the arrival of Christianity, the Grand Prince Vladimir who had once been a very vocal and lavish patron of Perun along his family and the Slavic people of Kievan Rus were collectively converted to Byzantine Christianity. He then ordered that statues of Perun, which he himself had erected, to be dethroned, torn down with great dishonor and dragged through the streets as they were beaten with sticks. The idols were then cast into rivers and not permitted to land on the shore, leading to the persecution of anything related to the pagan cult of Perun. And thus began the so-called modernization of Kievan Rus and the facilitation of trade between the two nations. Even though Christianity was the new official religion in Russia, Christian missionaries found it enormously difficult to stamp out the worship of this king of gods. In Novgorod he was apparently tolerated well into the Christian era, as records show that his statue was solemnly flogged each year to rid it of demonic forces. The Slavic god Perun and its historical origin will remain a mystery since there is only a small number of pre-Christian documents that talk about the details related to Slavic culture. Finally, Perun is present in other mythologies across the globe as well as through his deity equivalents. The Lithuanians call him Perkunas, in Yoruba culture he's known as King Shango. In Celtic mythology, he is called Taranis while the Hindi myths address him as Parjanya, an epithet of the Hindu storm god Indra. For the Romans and Greeks he is called Jupiter and Zeus respectively, while in Norse mythology people know him as Thor. Perun was worshipped by Scandinavian warriors during the campaigns against the Byzantine Empire in the Treaty of the 10th century. 
The Scandinavian reinforced their oath not only with Perun, but also with the Slavic deity Veles, showing that the cult of Perun was also widespread in Scandinavia. The chief god of the ancient pagan Slavs was a purifier and overseer of right and order. His actions are perceived by different senses, seen in the thunderbolt, heard in the rattle of stones or the bellow of a bull and even felt through the touch of an axe blade. Keep in mind that Slavic religion is often ruled by dualistic principles. On one side there's a dark god who is mentioned in curses, and on the other side a bright god to whom people send their pleas for protection and mercy. This religion has a number of common traits with other religions that descended from Proto-Indo-European beliefs. The religion of the Slavic people is known as being polytheistic, and Slavic mythology is just one aspect of it because it only refers to the pre-Christian religious practices among Slavs on the territory of Eastern Europe. Unfortunately, there are only fragments of information about the legends and myths of pagan Slavs, which makes it very hard to trace the history of their religion and to reconstruct the Slavic pantheon. Many of beliefs and deities of the ancient Slavic people are focused on the interpretation that the world is inhabited and directed by mysterious forces and gods. Hopefully you had a good time watching this video, and if you have any thoughts you want to share with anybody else, do feel free to do so in the comments section down below. And as always, stay curious.